Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study here on a beautiful, rainy uh, Monday morning, February the 10th, 2020. We're in chapter 8 of Romans, and this is part 35 in Romans chapter 8 alone. Just This is the 35th session, and uh, we're not going to get in a hurry. Matter of fact, we're going to backtrack a little bit this morning when we get started because I have uh, some other things I'd like to add to the last session or two that we have, uh, uh, you know, been in. And uh, there's more, there's always more, uh, and we could never fully expound, but sometimes the Lord stirs our hearts about things, specific things we need to go back and talk about, and we're going to do that this morning. But first, I just want to say how how much I appreciated Pastor David Board being here all weekend and the, the meetings the Word of God, the, the, just the Spirit of God and all that God said and did among us and continues to do through what we heard this weekend uh, was just wonderful, marvelous, uh, deep impacting and, and, and I just appreciate him, his ministry, his family and uh, everyone who came out and was a part of it. I know they were tremendously blessed uh, and all five sessions that uh, took place when he was here uh, are on the YouTube channel. So you can go and listen to them as well. The YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And I encourage you, uh, you, you, need, you really need to go and listen to any of those that you might have missed. Uh, especially the one Saturday night about being filled with the Holy Spirit, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, that was very informative, powerful, uh, encouraging, yet challenging. And that is what we need. It's what the church needs today. So go and avail yourself to the teaching that are there on the YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316, everything we do at Crossway Church is uploaded there, and, and when we have guest ministers, it's under that playlist, guest ministers. So, praise the Lord. Uh, we're, just, uh, we're just so blessed and still uh, floating on the clouds, if you will, from just the great praise and worship and the truth uh, that took place this weekend in our hearts. Uh, praise God for this sanctifying truth. This what we've been given now in these last days. This which is allowing the church to come out of its dead, dry, legalistic uh, bondages. I just, I just praise God for the message of the cross uh, that as we're learning it for sanctified living, sanctified grace for every day. The message of the cross is powerful. It is the power of God. The Bible says, and that's what I'm clinging to. Amen. Well, we're in Romans 8, as I said, and today is part 35. And I want to back up and, and verse 39, and I want to say just a, a, a couple more things about verse 29, uh, basically about the word foreknow. Because sometimes when we read this, for whom he did foreknow, talking about God foreknowing, having foreknowledge, and I said it in the last session, God has always known. His foreknowledge, this just it means before everything got put in motion, before we before he put us on an earth he created before that for, before he but he all everything God has done will ever do is 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 on his mind right now. He always knows everything. He always at all times 
holds everything. He, he doesn't have new thoughts. Uh, because if he does, that means yesterday there was something he didn't know that now he knows. That doesn't exist with God. He's all-knowing. But, but I don't want to talk about the just the, uh, he, he knew the things that were going to happen. But this word, when you look it up, he foreknew, uh, means the word know here means he had a relationship with these people, those that were predetermined that they'd be conformed to the image of his son and that his son would be the firstborn among many brethren. Talking about what he did at Calvary. Talking about God knowing those who would be his and, and those he would predestinate, those he called and those he called he justified and we know there's no justification with God outside of faith in the blood. And those he justified, he glorified. And, and you know, when you think about God knowing you, that's the most important thing ever. Is that, I mean, because there are a lot of people running around claim they know God, but it's not necessarily that they know God. We, we can know God. We should know God. We better know God. But we better make sure it's the God of the Bible, the God who gave his only begotten son to die for my sins, the son of the living God. We better make sure it's the God of the Bible we know because if it's not, we'll stand before the great white throne judgment one day as a lost and undone, eternally lost and undone, being prepared at the great white throne judgment after it's revealed there to us who we really are and we're being prepared there to be thrown into the lake of fire eternally because God never knew us. That's the words that will be spoken. Jesus said, you know, they Lord. They say they call me Lord, Lord. Uh, but you know, but it's not those who call me Lord. It's those who do the will of the Father. And think about that. And and at the great white throne judgment, He's going to tell them, "Depart from me, you workers." Oh, you've worked. Oh, you spiritually worked. You were into spiritual things and you worked. But I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That means I, I, I never knew you through this justifying faith that you could have had in the blood of my son, the son I sent for you. Oh, you were busy prophesying in my name. You were busy casting out devils in my name. You were busy thinking you were doing many wonderful works in my name, but you really weren't. All your works were works of iniquity because your faith was not in the one work I provided for you in my son at Calvary. See, it's in knowing God and God knowing you that eternal life comes about. John 17, 3 tells us that. This is eternal life that they know the one true God and his son Jesus Christ whom he sent. Eternal life is knowing God and God knowing you. It's, it's relationship. It's communion. It's, and it's closer than anything possibly ever. We're in him. He's in us. We're one with him now because of our faith 
in the son he sent and the one work he did. Hallelujah. See, that's good news. And I needed to back up and say this because his foreknowledge of us is more than just he knew what was going to take place. He knew who was going to choose him. He knew who wouldn't choose him. And, and the ones who would choose to believe in the son he sent, he knows them. He foreknew them. He saw himself in a relationship with them, justifying them, calling them, predetermining them, hallelujah, glorifying them because of the relationship they had with him through the blood. And I believe it's Jeremiah 31, 3 that says uh, that he, he, his, he draws us with an everlasting love an everlasting love. And all men are drawn. I've said this many times, and I need to say it again this morning. All men are drawn. They don't know what it is that's drawing them. They don't know what it is they're resisting until they're born again. Then they realize, those that are born again, but all, all men are drawn, and we know that because the Bible says, Jesus taught, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And he was lifted up before the foundation of the world and manifest on a hill called Calvary. All men are drawn by the loving kindness of God. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says that what God did in Christ at the cross was God manifesting his love. And if God is love, that means at the cross, God was manifesting himself. How could we not preach the cross in every message if the message of the cross is what reveals God? Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. God manifests his love. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. Write it down. Go look at it and just rejoice. God was manifesting his love at the cross. And he is love, he proclaims. So at the cross, God reveals himself in the utmost profound, clearest way to see if you will come to him through faith in that blood. Now again, Jeremiah said that he, he has drawn us, drawn us. Drawing doesn't mean we're coming, but there's a drawing there. He draws us with an everlasting love, but Ephesians 2.13 says he brought us near. He, makes, he only makes us near through the blood. Through the blood. All men are being drawn. But those he's able to make near, bring near, he only does it through the blood, by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So never forget that. His, this foreknowledge he had was not just his all knowing mentally, knowing in his mind, but his his foreknowledge was a was a relationship. He knows you. You as a child of God will never hear him tell you, I don't know you. Even though there are days that we live like we don't know him. He knows us. Hallelujah. That's good news. There have been many days we lived like we didn't know this God who saved us. There have been many times we've acted 
like we didn't know this God who saved us. Then we want to throw rocks at Peter for denying Christ. And when, when there are many days that's taken place in our Christian lives that, that we've denied the Lord, we've denied the Lord in him stirring and convicting and speaking to us with that still small voice to get us back on track. And we just weren't ready to get back on track. Can I get a witness from an honest person this morning? And we denied him. We denied what he wanted to do by grace. A lot of it might have been done in ignorance throughout the years as we didn't know this sanctifying truth of grace and truth that we have to maintain our faith in the cross, the death of Jesus. It's the only object of faith, faith God has given humanity. We have to fight to keep our faith there and when we do, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit is legally able then to teach us the truth, to walk us in the truth, hallelujah, as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, praise God. So I needed to bring that back up and I don't mind going back and uh, retracting a little bit because we're not in a hurry. We're not in any hurry at all. I know this is part 35 of Romans chapter 8, but what's the hurry? We just need to get what God's got for us. We live, listen now, Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to be hearing God because life, to live is Christ, but we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Therefore, you can't separate Christ and what he did at Calvary from the Word of God. Amen, Brother Curtis. So uh, you, when, you, when you start separating uh, things, trying to make the Bible about these different topics, which it does discuss many different avenues of teachings, doctrines, topics. But listen, if we're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, and to live is Christ, then we've got to be learning Christ, who is the truth, in the scriptures. We can't just be learning at the end of every session of teaching if our learning has not brought us to a, a greater picture of Christ and a deeper trust in Christ, then we're just ever learning our own selves and not coming to the truth. Our learning should bring us to the truth, and when truth is revealed, the fruit is righteousness. Come on now, uh, Proverbs twelve seventeen. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, and that righteousness is the path that we that the Lord leads us in. Think about that. And you got folks talking about you don't have to preach the cross all the time. Who told them that? It wasn't the Holy Spirit because the cross, the shedding of the blood of Jesus, is the only application, the, the only avenue of the application of God's Word. Even under the Old Covenant, when they read the law, they had to sprinkle it with blood and the people and almost all the things present. Why? Because without the blood, the Word means absolutely nothing. Our life is in Christ. Think about that. Because our faith is in Christ, meaning what he did at Calvary. So I know, I know that you're getting something from this. If you have your Bibles and you're following along and you're really wanting to learn, you're wanting to learn not just to be able to tell somebody something, but for our own selves. I need, I live, you live spiritually. No other way in the eyes and the plan and the will of God 
You and I live spiritually no other way than by the Word of God. Amen. Because we live and walk by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10 and 17. Write it down. Take a note. We live by faith. We walk by faith. But that faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it must be in context when we hear it. That means it must be according to the glorious gospel. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 10 and 11. And Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Think about that. Think about that. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, right there, verse 1 and 2, says that we have received like precious faith through the righteousness of God and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. This faith we've received, like precious faith, with other believers in the sacrifice of Christ, we received it through the righteousness of God. That means what Christ did at Calvary. See how you cannot separate the Word of God from what Christ did at Calvary. I can't just get up and tell Old Testament stories in a dramatic way and try to raise the people up to a level and then, and then whoo! No, I have to preach the cross. I have to point people to Christ and his work at Calvary because that's what the entirety of the Bible is about. That's what makes the whole Bible sound doctrine. It has to be, if it's sound doctrine, it has to be according to the glorious gospel. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Praise God. Let's keep moving on this morning. Glory to God. I'm glad to know a couple of things in, in my Christian walk with the Lord. And, and, and maybe he'll give us a couple of more today and graft his word in our hearts that, that we, we literally rejoice because he's given us his word. And not just in a Bible, but he's, he, he's, he's engraving it in our hearts. Praise God. Now, let's move on down to verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We talked about that in the last session. Please go listen to it because it means more than if God's on our side. If God really is for us, he's backing us. It means that God, it means that he was instead of us. If God was instead of, if God, and we'll see it here confirmed, if he paid the, if he did what it took, who can be against us? Everybody can come against us and just do what they want to do. Nobody can stand against God. Nobody can stand against what God did in Christ at Calvary. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now this is verse 32. It's one of our favorites. Been my wife Robin's favorite for many years. He that spared not his own son. He didn't spare his son. He gave his son. He didn't keep his son. I'm not giving my son for a bunch of sinners. No, he gave his own son. John 10, 18 says, uh, Jesus says that no man can take my life for I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment. Now think about that. He came under commandment that he must be humble and obedient unto death on the cross 
so that that same grace by faith, humility, and the whole package could be ours through what he did at Calvary. Think about that. God didn't spare his own son, but watch what he did. He delivered him up for us all. For us all. I don't, listen, if you're listening to me and you think things are just too bad, God, listen, God delivered his son up for you. For all the most vile of sinners, the most evil acts, whatever they could be done by men, the most perverted things that men could do, Jesus died so men could be forgiven and delivered from those very vile and evil and idolatrous and, and just wicked, wicked, wicked things. Jesus died to forgive and to deliver. The community may never forgive you, but God has already provided that which forgives and delivers you if you will come to him by faith in that shed blood that washes sins away and ushers you into the kingdom of God, into Christ. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what the community and the city and, and, the, and your family thinks about you. I just want to be in a relationship with God, and that's offered to everyone. Everyone. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, two things here. It's with him. With Christ, we freely get all things. With him means faith in him and what he did at Calvary. Doesn't mean going to church. Doesn't mean reading my Bible. With him means I've been crucified with him, buried with him, raised to newness of life in him. Romans chapter 6 teaches that. Galatians 2 and 20 teaches that. I have been, I am crucified with Christ. With Christ. That, that's where you entered Christ. Well, I got saved uh, uh, in a church. I got saved going down the road. I got saved in an old... Uh, I got Listen... God sees you from before the foundation of the world when the Lamb was slain, Revelation 13, 8, and Ephesians 1, 4 tell us the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, 8, but Ephesians 1, 4 says there's where he chose you in him. God, remember, God saw the whole picture. He's always seen the whole picture. He would create man in his image. Man would throw it away, give his authority over to the devil, allow the devil to become the god of this world, and he would fall in sin far, far away from God. God would have to rush in after man, offer a promise of the coming of the Redeemer, the seed of the woman. God would have to redeem man. Think about that. And God did those things to get us back to win us back, to reconcile us back to him. But it takes faith in that shed blood to make us his. It takes faith. And, and God saw, listen, when God saw his son dying on the cross for all of humanity, he also saw you and I through our faith in that very work of death on the cross for us, he also saw us being crucified with his son. And the easiest way that I know to explain that is the reason you and I were born into this world as sinners is because our, our daddy, our first daddy, Adam, became a sinner. He, he, Adam and Eve is everybody's mom and daddy. And when they became sinners, 
We all are the product of sinners. That's how we're tied to Adam. But how we're delivered from the first family of sinful sinners and inducted into, if you will, the family of God is through faith in the last Adam God sent. And I've said this before, you need to hear it, maybe there's new listeners listening, but there's only been two Adams. The, the, the Adams of God were both sons of God. Adam in the garden was a son of God. Jesus is the son, is, is the son, is the son of God. Think about that. But they're, but they're different, way different. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 goes into detail that the first Adam was formed of the dust of the ground. God breathed into his, into his nostrils and he became a living soul. The last Adam is the Lord that came from heaven, the Son of God, a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. And the last Adam is just that, the last Adam, the last representative of God. And you're either going to die in the first Adam, guilty of your sins, or you're going to accept Christ and what he did on your behalf at Calvary and be in the new Adam, in the last Adam, in Christ, the, the one that God sent, the one that came from heaven to take your place, to be there for you instead of you. Hallelujah. Glory to you. That's good stuff. I'm so thankful. People get tired. They think, I get tired of hearing this old redemption story. How can you? What Christ did is what's given you an eternity with God after this little vapor you're living here that we try to make it all about is over. You've got eternity. It's no end. And it's with the Lord. My goodness, couldn't we get excited over that every day? Hallelujah. But he says... He, but I want to point this out. It's with him. And that's why when we move our faith, even in ignorance, ignorance doesn't matter. When we move our faith from the work of Christ, meaning his death at Calvary, into even the things we're called to do. Study the word. Uh, go to church. Even the good things we're called to do, if, if we're not careful, it happens so suddenly, so deceptively. I've been in it. I was in it for years. Don't think, 99% of the church is in it right now. These preachers who've been hearing this message for several years now and who still reject to preach it, they're just not going to bring the cross into everything. Listen, they're not walking with him. The only way you can walk with Christ is if your faith remains in Christ that means what he did at Calvary. If I'm teaching you that you need to read this booklet and do the five things it teaches you to do, and by doing these things, God's going to deliver you when he sees you doing these things. Listen, I've lied to you. I've put you back under a place, and I'm trying to cause you to live as though you're back under law instead of under grace, which is what Christ did. And under law, there's only separation. There's only death. There's only a place called no fruit bearing. It can't happen under law. It can only happen when my faith is in the cross. And so if I'm going to live as a Christian with him, I have to keep my faith in what it is that made me with him, brought me to him, and made me with him. That's up to me. God's just not going to hold me by the neck and guide me. No, I have to choose again today. I will trust in the very work Christ afforded me at Calvary. That's the work God honored. And the only works that he is pleased with are the works that are done by faith in that work. Hallelujah. Glory. Never forget that the grace, the faith, 
the, the righteousness, it all flows through the cross. Not, not the first time to get me in and now whatever I do. No. Take up your cross daily by denying yourself of being taught these other false things. Deny yourself. Take up your cross every day. That means keep your faith in the cross of Christ and so that you'll be able to follow him because if you can't follow him, you, there's no fruit bearing. Amen. So the last part of verse 32, and again, these, this one scripture could be uh, expounded on for weeks. I mean, it, it's powerful. But I want to bring out the last part is freely gives us all things. He freely gives us all things. And I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, are you being led by the spirit of the world even as a child of God? You can be, most are. Who told you it's okay to go, keep going to the bars? Who told you it's okay to, to keep doing what you're doing with somebody that's not your wife or husband? Who who's that's the spirit of the world speaking. Now listen to me. Now we have not, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely, freely given to us. Jesus did the work. If I'm being told I've got to work to get anything God's trying to provide me, I'm being lied to. Even if I'm lying to myself or I've been sitting under a preacher for 40 years and he's been lying to me. Well, he don't know he's lying to me. He just don't know he don't know. I'd be willing to say that the biggest part of people in pulpits today are not even called. They're not even called by God. Somebody, men, recognize their leadership ability and their love for the Word of God. And, and, and it's men who put them in the position they are. And they should be out selling cars or entrepreneur businesses or whatever they're really called to do. Listen. Woe unto me, Paul said, if I preach not the gospel. Not if I don't become a pastor, not if I don't do this or preach and teach this. Woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. The gospel. Let me say it again. The gospel is the good news of what God did in Christ at Calvary. Think about this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but we have received as the children of God the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. This is one of the reasons that we've received the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, so that we can learn some things, know some things, know some things that are freely, freely, freely given to us of God. Freely. Not work for. Yes, there are many works that we're ordained to walk in, Ephesians 2.10. But hear me, the grace of God is what Christ did at Calvary, and through that, you can have daily grace if you're believing in what Christ did at Calvary for the benefits, the rewards, the treasures to be laid up. We're not working 
for righteousness, it's already been worked for. We're not working hard to try to get all we can do to overcome death. Death has already been overcome. I want you to know everything God offers you is free. It's free. It was paid for by the blood shedding of Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, we're out of time. We've already gone over a minute or so, but it's just hard to stop when you're in the Word of God and you're learning the truth of God's Word. For that's really the only place we live. Anybody can breathe air and eat food and, and live a physical life, but very few, Jesus said, would find this way, this way of life, way of living is above to the wise that they might depart from the hell that is below, Proverbs 15, 24. We live in a world of mess and sin and wickedness and we're not called to isolate ourselves from the world but to be separate from the world and to deliver through the way we live and these lips we have the hope of the glory that resides within us. When I'm being told I can buy my way, work my way, I'm being lied to. And when I sit and listen to ministers who open God's word, when I leave that session, that service, I always need to ask myself, do I see now a bigger, a greater picture of Christ? And am I trusting in him and his work now more than ever before? That's the question. And I know if you tune into this ministry, if you tune in and listen to hear God, he will minister to you and you can grow. And ministries are popping up all over the world now. No, they're not the biggest and the prosperous and the most, no. They're where the cross of Christ is center stage. If that's not what center stage and I'm not talking about folk that say it is. I'm talking about there it is. When they open the word, there it is. There it is. The cross of Christ. That's where folk are saved, healed, delivered, filled, and find their calling from the Lord. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. You pray for us. Uh, and join us. Uh, and just uh, help us do what God's called us to do. You can sow into this ministry by giving at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And we thank you for all of you who are your help in helping us publish the truth of God's Word in righteousness. And we'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.